Welcome to Connect with DP City, ADP City Church Podcast. Some of the best conversations I've had is with you two brothers, you know. I'm going to say something pretty controversial right now. Based on my Yo Mama tagline, right? No, Santiago is amazing. Miss Tori is definitely raised an amazing, amazing young man. We're super um, just thankful not only to be his youth pastors or his uh, production leads, but just his friend. Um, it was interesting that you brought up kids. Um, like recently when Cheyenne was in a volleyball game and just watching her, she had several serves where her team was winning those points. And I was proud of her. And Let me fix this. We're still learning, guys. We're, we're still learning. Holding dead pigs, a knife. It's very incriminating. <laughs> they like, they are so mean. I'm like, I just... I just want that little crock pot right there. Oh, no. You're still Bishop Reggie Lewis. Yeah, we do call you the bishop. <laughs> Not just a bishop. The, the bishop. Hey, I don't think, I think they assume it's a government thing. Hey, guys, welcome to Connect with DP City. We have a special episode for you guys this week. We have our campus pastors and associate pastors, Pastor Steve and Pastor Suzanne Ryan. <laughs> And my beautiful co-host, Miss Sharissa Headley. Now, before the, the podcast, <laughs> before the podcast, Pastor Steve was making fun of how much I love smashing that button. So I'll probably be super arrogant today. Yeah, he loves the buttons. The, the, he loves to push people's button buttons. Pusher. I think the I, government's involved. I might be button holding. I don't know. Slide that forward. Oh, you know what I just realized, too? Tyler said he was concerned the government was involved with the zombie apocalypse. But he doesn't vote. So does it really matter? No. <laughs> See, that's the problem with not voting, is if a zombie apocalypse happens, your your voice does Your irrelevant. voice doesn't matter. Yeah. That's true. So if you want to have an important saying during a zombie apocalypse, you better go out and vote, guys. 2024. Oh oh, Shout out to uh, Tyler Martinez. I mean, I'm not very political, but we might have a zombie in office right now. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Is that me? It's like The Walking Dead. No, not you. <laughs> I was like, man, I was talking, about, office. I was talking about Joe Biden. Oh, in office. <laughs> she thought you meant in, in this office. office. I was like, man. Oh, oh it's too early. I'm going to oh, get man. fired for that. So before oh. we start, I need to open up my can of Holy Spirit juice. Wow. Yeah, it is. Clean energy. Yeah, Holy Spirit energy. Yes, that's right. Sipping the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Kiwi style. Yeah. Do you know that? You're going to the right bar. <laughs> do you think it's illegal to uh, drink and drive if you're drinking the Holy Spirit and you're drunk in the Spirit? I don't know where I'm going. I was. I feel I like really there was a joke like, there. I feel like that was a lot of Christianese right there. I was trying to get to something. I was trying to get to something funny, and it just didn't line up. You went up. the wrong way. You know, I actually heard a joke this morning on Joel Steen, oh, and no. he said a cop pulled a guy over, and the guy was drunk, and the cop said sir have you been drinking he goes no i've just been drinking water and he hands him this thermos and the cop looks in and he goes no it's wine and he goes jesus did a miracle again (laughs) (laughs) now if you were a police officer would you give him a ticket or would you be like all right man i think with that one i was like that's pretty good yeah that's a good one i'll I'll follow him home i I think i would would do that too i'd be like you know what you need to go home i'll follow you exactly get you there safe you know who was was it was it Pastor Bob who said that they went to like some kind of Holy Ghost meeting and they were so drunk in the spirit still? <laughs> and then on their way home, he talked about when he first like got saved. Way. Remember over at Ben and uh, uh, Ben, and, Ann. ben, ben and Ann's house that he got so full of the Holy Spirit that they basically were like, 
put him in the car and said, make sure you go in the right direction. Yeah. It's this way. <laughs> I've got, I got, um, I had a little car that I had worked on. It was, it was a 1997 Eclipse GST, so turbo. I always grew up like obsessed with Fast and Furious movies and street racing and stuff. So I wanted to build a street racer and I had it for a while. <clears throat> I got pulled over one day on my way to work, but I wasn't being obnoxious. It was just a loud car and I had a blow off valve. So every time I changed gears, it went like that. Mm. And so I got pulled over in the morning and the officer's like, um, do you know why I pulled you over? And I was, it was too early for me. I was like, cause I let you. <laughs> oh. He was like, what? I was like, my car's pretty fast, bro. I was like, I was doing the speed limit. He was like, okay, yeah, you're fine. Just, wow. yeah, I don't know. Dang. I, That's kind of cool. I shouldn't have gotten away with that one, but <laughs> I did. Yeah, I wouldn't try that again. He's probably like, this guy's got some confidence. I, I, I don't just know gotta if let he was a Christian or not. <laughs> I got pulled over one day on my way to work um, over here to come work at the school last year, or I guess oh, yeah, two school years ago. Like the worst of the days. Yeah, two school <laughs> years ago. And I was running late, and I, I know you guys know I hate being late. Like I don't even like being five minutes early. Mm. That's late for me. That's yeah. pushing it. And um, I was like, look, hold on. Let me just FaceTime my boss real quick so I can show her <laughs> I'm being pulled over. Did you do that? He was like, if it's that important for you to get to work, just get to work. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Well, because, you know, a lot of people will text in and be like, oh, sorry, I'm late. I got pulled over. And it's like, mm, did you, though? I was like, I don't want it. So basically what you're saying is if any of us have encounters with cops, we need you with us. Yeah. I, <laughs> he's actually gotten. He's, a, I'm very lucky. Too much. Yeah. Wow. Too much. I mean, I've gotten pulled over with no registration or insurance, and the guy was like, "Just go home, man. Don't be on the streets." Dang. I was like, wow. "I should have had my car imp impounded." And wow. Kyle's OG man, old time gangster. Have He's... you guys ever gotten pulled over? Oh my goodness, I, I <laughs> wrecked seven different cars the first year and a half. I had a driver's license. No wonder why you guys <laughs> connect so well. That's my passion. <laughs> And I was drunk with illegal spirits back then. I was not <laughs> drunk with the Holy Spirit. Isn't it you. weird now that you say that, that if you go into most bars, like a mixed drink is called a spirit? Yeah, it's interesting. I just thought about that. That's a very good thought. How do you know that, sir? I'm I'm a well of knowledge. You go to a lot of bars <laughs> to pray over people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I go and drink the mm. Holy Ghost. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I don't know why I know. No, I know why I know that. Bar uh -huh. Rescue. Okay. That show, you ever watch Bar Rescue? <laughs> yes. That's why I know that. We were just talking about that. We were. Yeah. About the Hemet. Um... They did not rescue that restaurant. <laughs> we are talking about how sure their, the perspective of the camera and how mm -hmm. they like angled everything, how it made it look phenomenal. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but then you drive past it. It's like <laughs> still tumbleweeds and stuff like that blowing by. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So real quick, I wanted to bring you guys in today to talk about effective leadership and ministry and stuff like that. Um, so what I'll do real fast is kind of address everything you guys do on campus, all three of you. And then, um, you know, if I miss anything, let me know. So I'll start with Sharissa. You know, she helps me run youth. Actually, she runs youth. I just teach. She, she schedules events and does all that. She's the head of our media department, live stream lights, production, teaches fifth and sixth grade, does accounting in the office. So super busy on campus. Pastor Suzanne is the principal of our school and the go-to for putting Everything. out fires <laughs> and mediating. <laughs> and um, Pastor Steve obviously runs the day-to-day -day ministries here. The campus would fall apart if it wasn't for him and then 
does so much personal ministry, just calling people and texting people and remembering people's names, which makes me so mad because he's so good at it. Greg was uh, Greg Goodfield was asking me, Reggie, on Sunday morning. They're like, he was like, do you know like this person? And I don't even know what name he was being. Mm -hmm. Me and Reggie were looking at each other. We're like, no, but you know who would? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on to that name. Pastor Steve will will tell you there was his social security number. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a little creepy. It is. Think about it. I don't know how you do it. It's because I like you, Tyler. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's a bell of knowledge, too. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> no, it's funny because during worship practice, sometimes I'll sneak up behind Tyler and hit the keyboard while he's playing, and then I'll sing. In, you know his mic? It connects to all of the people that oh, are I didn't playing, know that. but not the congregation. So he could say, okay, guys, we're going to go around to the chorus, or oh, we're going cool. to just do a you know instrumental break or something in the mic, and then everyone else can hear so I'll go up behind him while he's playing, and he's he's worshiping, so he's, like, not paying attention. And I'll hit his keys, and I'll go, I'm Tyler, I'm playing keyboard. <laughs> and you'll see everyone just freak out. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, what I do think, this podcast has been effective so far because this is the quietest I've heard my wife, or haven't heard my wife in 22 years of marriage. So wow. she's been very quiet the first. There's got to be a button for that one, right? <laughs> we got to have a special. Yeah, it's called mute. Mm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's good. Good job. I was thinking mic drop. I don't know what this means. Awesome. Yeah. There you oh, go. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I was looking for like a, oh, I need to get a sound bite that's like, he's on the couch. Oh, that's good. That's go. good. That's a good one. Dang. Take Back where he was couch. last night. <laughs> so just in your guys's, um, personal opinions and you guys can do like a little round table or go like what how would you define leadership like what is a a quality leader rather how you lead or when you're looking for people to lead up ministries or lead up people lead up things on campus what is it that you guys are looking for (laughs) (laughs) me and my wife are both looking at each other going i'll let you go first um Silence is horrible on the radio, isn't it? Okay, so, well, for school side, I would say integrity is a huge thing. Integrity and character. You know, I can, I've done a couple interviews in the last um, couple days for school. Their qualifications can be huge on paper, but if you show up late, if um, your character online, I can say that, if your character online is different from what you portray, um, anybody can portray a good first impression, right? But um, you know, it's the longevity of things. You know, can you can you maintain the character that you say you have? And a lot of times, I don't think we all do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put myself in there. Yeah, you know, I was think I was listening to this message by Joel Steen this morning called "A Receiving Mindset," and he talked about when they were in the building. I think when his dad passed and then he took over the church, they just started to grow so much. He said they needed a bigger building. So they started to look at different places. And then finally a friend of his calls him and he goes, Hey, I just heard that the Houston Rockets uh, are getting ready to leave their building. You should get that one. And he said it ignited something in him. And he said that they just started to pursue that. And they, you know, it holds 16,000 people. Well, they didn't have 16,000 people at that point. So I think to me, like leadership, I always say to people, it's like Nike, you just do it. And how you do it or Sharissa does it or Suzanne is going to be different than me. So I always look at the people that that I feel like have mentored 
me in my life. They just had this way of just doing it. Like even Bob and Susan, I mean, they've been doing it for 49 years. Mm -hmm. So just showing up, just doing it, and just keep being diligent. And I think if you do that, all of a sudden it fulfills Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. So that's kind of, for me, you know, it's kind of like being a parent. Someone asked me early on when the girls were really young, um, what's it like to be a parent? And I go, I don't know. I just do it every day. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, I mean, you I always two laugh kids. when people say, like, there's no manual to parenting. I'm like, yeah, the Bible's about as close as it gets. <laughs> like, <laughs> but even then, they don't prepare you. The Bible doesn't prepare you for changing dirty diapers. I don't care what no one says. <laughs> because you guys were how old when you had Kalea? Uh, 19 and 18. I was wow. 18. He wow. loves to share that. For nine Every, whole days. I was to say, how, how, how much longer? It was only yeah. nine days different? Yeah. yeah. I don't no, it. nine days right? between me and Kalea. Him turning 19. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you were in your mother's womb for nine months, so we'll just round <laughs> that up to 19. That's so fine. what is the age difference between you two? Six months. Yeah. Dang, yeah, got like, you a cougar, man. What's I, going on? Yeah. I used to always say that, too, because she went to Azusa Pacific University, and I was like, oh, I got a cougar in two ways, because mm-hmm. that was their mascot, Yeah, APU. By the way, my daughter is so excited about Grand Canyon University. I have been, really? yeah, I have been, like, wow. drilling her. Like, This is where you should go. They have a zoology program. She wants to work in their nursery at either San Diego or Los Angeles Zoo and help out baby animals. Wow. That's cool. So I love it that a sixth grader going into seventh grade has a vision. Now, could that change? A hundred percent. But the fact that she has a goal, a vision right now is so cool. And I like that it's not a traditional one, like a doctor, a lawyer. I mean, I guess it's similar to a doctor, but it's not the like big money making, like I want this and they have no true passion that goes behind it. They're doing it more. Mm. Right. I even told her, I was like, I don't even know. I don't know how much those people make and she's like i don't care i want to help animals and i was like well that's solid point that's a so the moral of the story is is i can get a wild animal and she can help me with it yes well no hold on she 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 highly encourages it actually she (laughs) will try to help you with it i don't know how effective she's so good oh my goodness a monkey i'm waiting for a monkey the kid is like so caring Mm. like all the kids for a nursery and like the two to fours toddlers and stuff like that i feel like they all gravitate to her between her and a few of the other teens, but so what do you think is effective leadership? Hmm. I wasn't prepared for that question, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think about it. Why don't you tell me what you think? Well, I think what Pastor Suzanne said, integrity is probably now that the point that I'm at in my life, that's the biggest thing I look at for leadership. Um, it's just doing the right thing when no one else is looking. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what you want to see in a leader because that's someone that you can trust to make decisions when it comes to a time where they can't necessarily call you and say, hey, there's a there's this going on. I don't know what you want me to do about it. If it's somebody that walks with integrity is, you know, always making sure they do the right thing when nobody is around, then that's somebody who you can live or die with their decisions, right? And if mm-hmm. they make a bad one, you just say, hey, I necessarily wanted to have done that. And then it's all good. And you move on and they learn from it and you learn from it and it's fine. You know, a lot of times when you have people who aren't, um, you have to also understand I'm the majority of my leadership comes from two departments. It comes from playing football and working in construction. Like that's where I've honed most of my leadership skills. 
And there, those are very different styles of leadership, what you would take into a classroom in and in a youth group. So I'm in a phase of my life where I'm really trying to find out what that looks like, you know. Um, in construction, I led crews and was a foreman in different things, but I never got to the point of my of my career where I was hiring necessarily. Like they had me in the room when they would interview people, but my opinion didn't matter. Rather, I was like, that guy's good or not. So I kind of just had to deal with the group that was given to me. You know, um, I used to think of my crew as like the Bad News Bears, the old baseball movie, because <laughs> I don't know. My my uh, philosophy was if you cause more problems than you solve, you're out of here, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, right now it's I'm in a weird area where I'm still trying to discover what kind of leader I want to be and what I would look for if I was bringing somebody up underneath me in a leadership role. But I think integrity is the number one quality, like and hardworking. I can't do lazy people as lazy as I am. Well, I was just going to say, I think for me, it would be consistency. Yeah. Mm. You know, I think consistency is like very key, you know, so you can have someone who's amazing, but then they like drop in and out, you know, they're Mm. here or there. Um, I know that's something that like we look for when we want someone in the production team, you know, you want someone who's faithful. Um, Like how you guys mentioned before, you know, on time, you know, like, uh, you could have someone who's kind of like, I think subpar is the bad word, but um, not as skilled as the next person, but they're there every single week. They're, you know, finding out whatever they can do. They're learning, they're putting in time, that type of thing. So, well, even just being straightforward with what you can be consistent with, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, there's some people who have really busy lives and they're like, hey, I could give you one Sunday a month. And that one Sunday, I, I'm going to be right. on time. I'm going to be professional. I'm going to do what you want. But I, I can't come twice a week every week. That's fine. You're being very straightforward and honest what your circumstances are. And then you take that and you run with it. Well, that's kind of like Alex, Alex Rodriguez in mm. the congregation. He's phenomenal, honestly. Um, aside from Kyle, he's probably like right there just as good. <laughs> yeah, he's as, really good. As us yeah. and um, if not better in some areas altogether. And he could only do once a month. And that's perfectly fine because it's like, okay, that's a dedicated person. I can, yeah, I can schedule him. And then like this week we're leaving and I I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. And it gives such a good. You're excited about Alex taking that over for the weekend or you're going to be gone for a weekend? Vacation. Good for you. But that's, I think the thing about it though is like what you said, like when we were gone this past week, on vacation and gone on Sunday, like we didn't really think about, I mean, church kind of crossed my mind a few times, but I didn't, I was saying I didn't even take my computer with me because I didn't want to be distracted. Plus she had her computer. So if I needed one, I can always use Suzanne's <laughs> and, uh, but so he thinks, <laughs> so he thinks, yeah. Yeah. I don't think know I know her. Yeah. I don't know the <laughs> password. Actually, I don't, but I think the other thing, because we're all leaders at a church is, knowing when you're dealing with someone like Santa Alex, who's very busy in life and being sensitive to that. And that's where you have to pastor people and lead people and say, you're either doing too much or if someone commits to something, then they don't follow through. Like I have no problems confronting that because I did that at times when I was a younger Christian where I would commit to something. Like when I was at a church in Texas, I would commit to something and then I wouldn't follow through. And it just, it, destroys relationships 
because it takes people a long time to trust you after that. Mm. For me, I'm, I mean, I think all of us in here are pretty forgiving. I mean, you deal with a lot of different people yeah. over on the school side and when people don't show up, like how hard is that for you? It's hard. I mean, it, I think that's probably not, I don't know that dependability is my number one quality I go for, but it's a, it's a pretty tall one. I mean, I've had employees that they're great people. They have a great background. They're smart. They're educated. But man, if you just can't be consistent and your character is not up to par, it doesn't matter what you can do. It doesn't matter if you can do chemistry, if you can do all the big maths. It, it doesn't matter because if you're not there, what's that going to do? And if your character is not worth following, then you ain't go follow anybody. That doesn't, you know, I don't know. The, the world knowledge, it doesn't matter as much as just the integrity and you know, a God-fearing person. So I'm just curious for you all, because I was thinking about this, because you being on the teacher side, you working for the church, both on staff and also leading ministries, and you did that as volunteers and then being on staff. How's your perspective changed on people not being dependable? But at the same time, you have other people that you know you can rely on. Like, how's that changed for you? I'm I, <laughs> sorry, people. I'm very cynical, so I I generally don't depend on people anyways. Um, it takes a lot for people to break down that wall for me to get, get them into a place where I feel like this is somebody that I can count on if I, if I need to. So I feel like the biggest change as far as being in ministry is just being willing to give people a chance versus before I, I would not let people into that realm. I guess is the right word. And now I'm more open to like, okay, yeah, let's see what, what you can do. And if you're not dependable, if it's not a good fit, that's fine. We can address that before I would always be like, nah, me and my wife against the world. We got it. Like we don't need no help. You know, I think it's pretty rare to have somebody that will come and work or volunteer at a church or school or whatever that is, they're dependable. They have good character it's, I think it's rare to find somebody with those qualities that isn't willing to learn something new. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd rather have somebody that doesn't really know a whole lot about teaching or helping on a playground or whatever it is and teach them because usually those people are more willing to, to learn. I mean, if they show up on time, yeah. if their character is worth following, they're usually people that are, are eager to learn something and stick with it. Right. Well, the moment I think that you've come to a place where you're like, okay, I've, I've reached my peak. I cannot learn anything else from anyone else. You've kind of boiled yourself out of growth, yeah. you know, and more so you're probably going to backtrack. I never thought I could be a teacher. I never thought I was a horrible student, horrible, mostly character issues in, in middle school and high school. Not so much like I struggled academically. I mean, I have ADHD, but it's minor compared to like what some kids deal with. Uh, so working in a classroom was never something that appealed to me. I mean, Sharice and I laugh about it still to this day. Oh, because I think it's hilarious. Yeah. That Very is a teacher. The irony yeah. in it is like amazing. And I'm, a, <laughs> and I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I feel like I'm an effective one. Like I'm not just in a classroom, but I actually feel like I'm reaching the kids, you mm -hmm. know, because you can definitely take a teaching job and just be a babysitter. Like it's doable. It, it really is. Um, they have so much 
resources available to them nowadays that kids don't have a reason to to say that they don't understand something. The only reason is they don't care to Google search or YouTube search, right? So you could take a teaching position and sit at your desk and do nothing and just say, oh, go to YouTube or go here, go to there. But you're not being effective, Mm. you know. Well, I think kids need the sturdiness and the love and then also the mentoring, like, all, all together, like he's he's pretty rough with some of them, <laughs> and I think it's hilarious because they still love him, they they still just like all oh, like want to be like they they leave from school and then Kyle will be online or whatever, and then all of a sudden they're jumping on, hey Mr. Kyle, can I play with you? <laughs> and he's like, I just <laughs> left you. <laughs> but that means they like hanging out with. You. Give me ten minutes, man. <laughs> you know. Now for you, Sharisa, being on staff at church now has it changed your perspective? of things because you see you know more the inside of stuff now i know you were uh, kyle's family is pastor churches and stuff so you guys have been around that but how's it is it different for you oh, or? It's, it's a whole different just viewpoint altogether um because i mean we've been involved in ministry for majority of both of our lives and so there's always been like that inside eye on some things mm-hmm. but i think it's it's so different um, one thing that I was going to say is that you have to be a lot more understanding mm. because they are volunteers, you know, and it's in all reality, they don't have to show up, you know, and it doesn't necessarily fall on them. It's going to either fall on you or, mm. you know, like you have to make that decision. Like, is this absolutely necessary to, you know, to have church? And in all reality, you don't need the lights. You don't need the music. You don't even need the screen. You know, I mean, kids can sit inside, um, a service, you know, so there's so many different things that we add to it to make it what it is today. Mm. And it's amazing and it's great. But like, for instance, Phoebe was not feeling well this past week and she texted me. She's like, Hey, I'm so sorry. And this is one of the most dependable, almost to a fault Mm -hmm. type (laughs) volunteers that we have here at DP. And I was like, you know what? Don't worry, stay home, get better, that type of thing. But even that, in a volunteer position, she still gave you like a close to a forty-eight hour notice. Like it was like Friday night yeah. when she texted yeah. you. But that's my point. Yeah. Like that's one of you know the the amazing volunteers we have. And so um, I told her no, no biggie. And of course, it ends up landing on a week where I'm sitting in the other seat, and then there's a teen, uh, one of our youth, that's sitting in a relatively fresh new. Uh, position Mm. (laughs) and so he does great at another spot but this was one of his uh new yeah new like teaching moments that he was gonna get and i'm like okay i could totally swap spots back and forth and it was funny because um oh i take that back it was actually santi Mm. santi's he's building up he's doing amazing and so um one of our kids isaac (laughs) He ended up coming into it. He's like, hey, can I hang out with you? I was like, yeah, sure, you know. And so he's sitting there, and I am just told him, I was like, yeah, just um, just sit there. And if Pastor happens to move, you know, like, just move the camera. And he's like, wait, no, wait, what? <laughs> and so it was hilarious because it gave him an opportunity where That's he's cool. never s- sat in there. She did that science project where you boil the frog. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, where yeah. you put him in lukewarm water, and you start it a little warm, and then you turn it, and you turn it, and you turn it, and the frog doesn't notice that it's dying. <laughs> well, <laughs> poor Isaac. <laughs> but it was funny because it's like, I could, I don't have to run a YouTube. 
like we can record, we could post yeah, later. It's like it's it's an extra thing. Like so, what's the harm in it? Like, who cares if he messes up? Who cares if it's not as smooth as it normally is mm. or whatever it is? You know. So I think I, I just go into it with a little bit more. Okay, you have to have more understanding. Mm-hmm. You have to have more like compassion for people because um, it's not their job. You know, yeah. they're giving their extra time. And in all reality, I'd rather them come. Like, even though if they're scheduled, I'd rather be sitting in church, you know, listening to the word than be working and being overworked or whatever it is. Well, I think the one thing you said, like, really hit home for me personally is, like, when you said you have to be understanding. Because I think back to, like, Kobe, and he was such a great basketball player, and they would ask him all the time, like, are you ever going to coach in the NBA? And he was like, I I will never coach in the NBA. And I get, I would get frustrated or still do sometimes as leadership when people do things that I'm like, I, why did you do that? I would never do that. Or like, why didn't you show up? I would never no show. Like, but people aren't me. People aren't Sharissa. You know, like we're we're loyal to a fault or like very hardworking people. And it's like, why isn't everyone else like that? And Kobe would say like, it's not fair for me to ask someone to go out there and drop sixty points because mm. I know I can do it, but that doesn't mean they can. He's like, that's why I can't be a coach in the NBA because I can't tell these people, go out there and score 60 points. Just I could do it. Why can't you? Mm. So that's part of the growing and learning process of being leadership that I'm definitely working on because mm. I try to like take care of everything. I try not to be a hassle on my superiors, you know, mm-hmm. like I can do all of it, sometimes to a fault. Um, and you want to look for people that are self-sufficient like that, but at the same time, don't put that on people. If they mm-hmm. are like that, that's good. That's a good quality to have. But you can't force people to be self-sufficient. At least I don't think so. And I feel that's like good. people like that within the church are kind of the more rare. There is rarity a word? Yeah. Rarity. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just good. making sure. It's a word. Well, rarity. The principal's here. What do you say, Suzanne? It is is it, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Jeopardy. You've I got know. the right. Oh, I don't have a ding, ding, ding. I need a ding, ding, ding. That's a good you one. just did it. Oh, yeah, no, I have. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's like uh, Peter Pan sprinkling the dust. I was thinking of like Bewitched when she does like the nose wiggle. Should have known you would know that. Good vibes guy. Come on, man. So, Pastor Steve, you've been involved in ministry for a long time. What would you say your answer would be as far as the biggest change? um, From the magazine, being a manager in the magazine business to ministry. Yeah, I started in. My dad was in the magazine business when I was born. I mean, so I was around magazine companies when I was as young as five years old that I remember. Then I started working for a paycheck at 12 when in summertime and then full-time went into it when I was 17. And what I've taken from being in that, because, I, you know, just like anything, you said you were in construction, you've been uh, different things, uh, uh, football and all that kind of stuff. You worked for a pharmacy. I know Suzanne, before she worked for church, worked for Kinko's, Derwiner Schnitzel. Just thinking about you in that hey, hat is just so funny. And It's a cool hat. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what it was along the way is just being willing to do anything. Like when I was in the magazine business for years, I worked in the warehouse and I would be the one that I would sweep floors. I would, you know, box up magazines and books. I would do whatever. And then my dad, when I was about 20 or 21, my dad came to me and he said, I want you to be a route supervisor. No, actually, I was 18. And I was like, 
I can't be a route supervisor. I'd be over guys that are way older than me. And at that time, I wasn't prepared. And about two years later, when I got saved, my dad came back to me and he said, I want you to be a route supervisor. So I just started saying yes to stuff. And then when I got laid off out of the magazine business after almost 16 years and went into medical, I didn't know anything about medical. So the I was fortunate the company that hired me said, we don't care that you don't have a college degree because usually you have to have a bachelor's to be a medical salesman. And we don't care if you don't have any experience. We'll teach you our own way. Kind of like coming into a church. It's mm-hmm. a different DNA for you guys here. than it. So I just kept saying yes. And then when tough things would happen, I mean, like I made moves from different states when I was in the magazine business, and I just kept saying yes. Eventually got laid off out of that. Eventually in medical, was, I mean, me and Suzanne was married for years, and I got a call one day, and they said, we're going to cancel your contract. But to say all that, I used a lot of the skills I learned in those two professions, and it works in ministry as well. Mm-hmm. So I think anything you learn along the way, you can utilize it's it. It's all necessary. Yeah, no matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, what. It's not wasted. No, not at all. And I think that's the thing is when you're dealing with volunteers, I look at someone like Tracy Gonzalez who works for the school system, and she's very detailed. She's very uh, on top of things, and so is her husband, Freddie, who works landscaping and doing all that. So he looks at details. So I look at someone like that and go, man, they got, they've already done a ton of things, but the potential is unlimited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, for me, I've learned a ton along the way, and I always say to people, when you're working a job, they're paying you mm-hmm. to learn skills that you're not having to pay for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. So learn it. Like you're doing finances here right now. I know at the pharmacy you probably had to do some of that, but you've probably learned things here that. Oh, so much different. <laughs> but you're doing it. And it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't get drugs here. I know. We get that Holy Spirit juice. <laughs> well, I think about Alexis. When Alexis first took over for Leilani, and, you know, that was, it was hard seeing Leilani go because she did such a good job. But I remember Leilani going, I think Alexis would do an even better job. And at the time, I, you know, you don't know when someone first starts with you. But Alexis, man, what she does now, and She's you don't have, it. and you don't have to tell her anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. She just does it. Yeah, and it's I, a natural. Like there's people who naturally are good at things, yeah. like certain things. Like they process things. They, you know, their organizational strategy. They know how to like. Okay, I have all these things to do, and if I do this, 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 then I could do this. I'm mm-hmm. not like that. I'm just like, let me hit the list one at a time. I'll work as hard as I can, get that one done, go to the next one. Yeah. Um, I'm not smart like she's smart like she'll she'll clean the kitchen from the top down. I don't do mm. that. I clean like whatever mess is in front of me. <laughs> so because she wants making to, seven other messes, <laughs> <laughs> you're wanting it to go all the way down to the ground. Then you can clean it on. Yeah, well, I don't know <laughs> don't if know. it's like top, top, bottom, but it's just like you start from one side and then mm. you yeah. Like over. I don't know. I'm not like like even when I, I I do the bathrooms at the house, and so like even when I do the bathrooms, like there's no strategy. Like I might start with the toilet. I might start with the shower. I don't know. I just get in there and get going. You know, I just Mm -hmm. start working. That's good. But they're like, or not, I shouldn't say there, but like she's very strategic when she's cleaning. She's like, okay, I'll clean this area, then this area, then this area, and then I'll do the floor. There's a method to her madness. Yeah. Right? I I mean, is that so hard to... No, I get it. Well, like for you, Suzanne, because of growing up, I mean, you were born into church, kind of similar to me with the magazine business. Do you, 
is it easier for you to get jaded because you've seen a lot? Oh yeah. Good and bad. Yeah, I think it. I think it's good and bad. I think, <clears throat> you know, I learned at an early age. We had people that, you know, in the spiritual warfare realm of church and the charismatic side of church that were really popular that would come to our church and speak, and they'd always stay at. I mean, we live in Hemet, so at the time. In the 80s, you, know, you don't want to stay in the local hotels. <laughs> We've got better ones now, but they would stay at our house. And so you know, everybody wakes up with bad breath and crazy hair. And it doesn't matter what they did last night at church. They wake up a normal person in the morning. They, they want breakfast. They want coffee. Uh, maybe, maybe wake up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> I mean, everybody's different. And so I was able to see the good and the bad um, <clears throat> that, you know, most people only see the good at church. They only see the the you know the portrayal of what's on stage, and not that not that there's everybody that is completely opposite. But I think you see the human side. You know, you see the you're just another you're another person. You're just a person that was willing to do this right now, and in the morning you're going to go be willing to do something somewhere else. Um, you know, and I saw I saw a lot of good. I saw a lot of bad and saw a lot of good. Um, and I think, you know, I think the connotation that pastors' kids have where they just go haywire um, is pretty typical. And I could see why that happens because they see both sides. And, you know, my parents were really good about being honest with us when it came to um, who people were. And, you know, we saw a lot of ministry. I mean, we it was always a joke that, you know, somewhere on the – on the church property, which at the time was not as big as it is now, yeah, I'm sure there's a cot for one of us. You know, we'd sleep overnight, or you know, we'd play the drums while parents are working. And I remember <laughs> using all the whiteout um, to to draw on random paper. Oh, you were being a kid. I was being yeah. a kid, yeah. like your kids now. Yeah. But your kids, you learned how to be like a in kid the sanctuary somewhere yeah. else. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, that was that was the normal. And I always had the people that were like, "What's it like to be a pastor's kid?" And, I don't know what's it like not to be a pastor's kid. That's just that's the norm. So I think it's the good and bad. I think where pastors' kids tend to go off the rails is when they can't take the temperature of what they have and realize people are just human. I mean, we're all just we're human. We're all trying to do our best and live according to God's word and we fail and we have a hard time and we get mad and we get angry and we love and we forgive and we're gracious. But we're doing it just like everybody else. It's just some of us have a microphone, and it seems a little louder. And I think you have to take that temperature and, you know, find your relationship with God out of all of it, which can be hard. I was just curious with you guys. I mean, I know this is your podcast. I don't care. I guess I'm taking leadership <laughs> here. No, I love so it. Sorry. No. <laughs> but, like, for you all, because you've, you know, you've been in, here for about five years now. Is that about right? Yeah. Four to five years? Yeah, we came, uh, I started coming first in March of 2019. Okay, so mm -hmm. just over four years. And you guys have been pretty much involved from the beginning. Yeah, we started in media, we tried, I think, well, in we tried to, August. To be, uh, we have never been normal in a church as Seat a part. Seat sitters or whatever. Oh. <laughs> we weren't real good at that. <clears throat> We tried, we good at it. so when we were looking for churches, I told her when we decided we were going to go back to church, because we took a sabbatical, we were doing, you know, just living room church, mm -hmm. and um, we decided we wanted to be back in a congregation for the fellowship and different so things like that. So just curious, how long did you do that? 
probably 2013 to 2017, 2018, something so like you that. Had a, He's got the memory of it. So you had a good breakaway <laughs> yeah, from a traditional-type church oh, setting. Yeah. yeah. So how was that for you? Um, I probably... <laughs> no, you know... I mean, sometimes that can be therapeutic in a way. I think but no. there were parts of it that were good. I was a little hurt with church, um, so some things, like, just quick, quick, quick. Some things that I would get... I wanted to get tattoos. I had turned 18 and I wanted I wanted tattoos and we had our, obviously we had Kalea and I started getting tattoos. Well, I was I wasn't in leadership necessarily, but I was a child of leadership, right? My parents were the worship or the children's church pastors and directors and uh, we we did help with the middle school youth group and at the time and I would hear people say things like, "Well, it's different for someone who went to prison, got tattoos, found Jesus, and now is serving versus someone who grew up in church and is getting tattoos. That's just, he's so, he's sinning, he's going to go to hell, things like that. So s- stuff like that really pushed me off of, like, that's not why we're here, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so I needed that break. I think I needed that break. But I probably went too far as far as, like, I wasn't living in sin, but I just didn't care if we were feeding ourselves or not i was like i'm just gonna work monday through friday play video games on saturday and sunday go back to work monday mm-hmm. through friday and that was like our every every Living. weekend rotation yeah so there was parts of it that were good but honestly wish we probably probably wish we found dwelling place sooner but obviously god's timing you know so we went to cornerstone which is down the street for maybe six months mm-hmm. maybe close to a year off and on you know like once a week or including once a month. Including Church of Sundays. Including, er, yeah, including the Church of Football. So <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast, you know what that is. Philadelphia uh, Eagles, go. Yeah, when when Sharissa didn't work Sundays, we'd go to Cornerstone. When Sharissa mm. was working in the pharmacy, so me and the kids would go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch football all day. And, tell, and I would tell the kids we were going to the Church of Football. And that's where you got to use the verse, you know, God's omniscient. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's in the <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. He's no, in the we church. Are not supporting this, <laughs> So that just wasn't a good fit. Nothing bad over there. Then we tried a Calvary Chapel church in Menifee, which I don't know why we would drive all the way out to Menifee, but we went there once. That was not a good fit for us. Mm. And then we found Dwelling Place, and we were here for, like I said, I came March. I think Sharissa and the kid, or Sharissa started coming around May because she was working Sundays at that time. And uh, I want to say late July, we were in the media department. And who invited you to the church? Pastor Susan. Pastor Susan, yeah. probably one of the great evangelists of the church. Uh, Trace, Tracy and Freddie are giving her a run for her money. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we were here maybe three, four months before we jumped in and started working in the Because you worked department. at Valley Chronicle, is that right? Or uh, Yeah, I started at the Valley Chronicle and then it transitioned to that they went out of business. Mm. And then the owner got a new LLC. And well, Pastor the Steve's the one who had mentioned to us, I think you would be good in the... Yeah, Pastor Steve He's... brought up the media department. He was like... Did I really? Yeah. I don't even remember that. No, you were like, you're obviously good with computers. You, you had know. no idea. <laughs> well, I'd read, you're, I'd read a little bit, I think maybe of a book or something you had online. And then this something you wrote, I think, on Facebook. And I think we had talked about it. And I said, oh, he's really, he's like... Uh, very good at crafting words, mm. which that's a gift. I can't do that. 
you know, mine's like C spot run, <laughs> C spot jump. <laughs> you know what I mean? No I don't periods know. in between. <laughs> she knows this too. Like, all right, I have a journal. I've kept a journal since 1996, and I've only missed maybe a week or two in all that time. But she knows I put commas where commas aren't supposed to go, but I think they're <laughs> supposed to go there. So thank God no one ever looks at it. But you're pretty good about crafting things. I try, and I think I've gotten better. I, I mean, I'm a full-time student as well as a teacher. So my writing now compared to what I was in 2019 is night, night and day. You know, But it's like what Pastor Stephen Furtick talked about this weekend where you dig until, mm, you know, you dig until good. God does. You know, you have to write. 100 songs or 300 songs to get that one. Say that because that was in the sermon. You how did. many How many the songs? The guy did? wrote 100 songs before he got one that was a secret track. That's so crazy. A secret track. Yeah. Who was this? It's the, a friend of Pastor Stephen, Stephen Furtick. Furtick. I think it's one of the main guys on his worship team. Yeah. He's, well, I thought he said that's the one who did I Can Only Imagine. No, I don't know if that is him. He said yeah. it wasn't I Can Only Imagine. When he said... You know, he he wrote one song and it wasn't. I can. Only yeah, imagine. yeah. He was saying that oh, it was. Yeah, like. Gotcha, gotcha. But then he wrote three hundred songs before he got a Grammy nomination. Three hundred songs. Wow. Before, and it's a great story. Yeah. Well, it's definitely encouraging because, like, I I have two faith based movie scripts that I've written, um, and I have three books that I've written, two that are published or were published, but I pulled them off. And like four books that are like halfway written and stuff like that. And I was done writing like maybe six months ago. I was like, I'm done. This is stupid. Like nobody knows me as an as a writer. Like I don't I don't have no accolades from it. I haven't achieved much of anything. Um, but that sermon in general was very encouraging because it was like, well, just keep doing it. Like you never know, you know. So if you're looking you for yeah. look at me. If you're looking for a uh, faith-based movie script, I will sell you mine. Well, <laughs> is it no. a spin-off of Liar Liar? Th- no. It should be. It's hey, about such a good spin-off. Maybe you're for speaking church. a word. Yeah, well, I'm not good at screenwriting. You know what I was going <laughs> to say <laughs> is that um, I listened to Joe Rogan interview the guy that wrote the book The Gray Man. Have mm. you seen The Gray Man on the Netflix? I've seen it but I haven't watched it. Yeah, I've seen like passing. Yeah, it's a great movie. But he talked about in the interview how he had written books for years. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. And then finally, one of them kind of took off. And now he's under contract all the time. And now he has to produce books. Mm -hmm. And every one of them is like a hit. But he said it took year after year after year. I think he was in his 40s before it really took off. So I said all that to say when I graduate from college, I graduate in April, I have pretty significant life choice to make they i'm considering going back and getting my master's which some a lot of counselors and stuff want me to do or i'm considering just jumping back into writing you know when i because it's hard to do both it's hard to do school well, and which write. is part of the whole reason why you started school yeah all together hmm. was to get i just wanted to get better mm-hmm. that's cool i don't know I think how about you suzanne because you've about me. You've had to you've taken a lot of jobs at church or the school that you didn't go to you didn't go to school to be a principal. I didn't really go to school for a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean I went to college, but I never went to college like, okay, I gotta do these classes for this degree. I was more like, Oh, that sounds like an interesting class. It probably drove my parents nuts. But I went to um college in San Dimas for a couple years and then I went to one in New York, and I only lasted there a semester. It was too cold. Um, 
so I just took classes that I liked. I wasn't really, I, I think I always knew in the back of my mind, you know, I didn't want to necessarily leave the church. I always felt like I would somehow be a part of the church, whether in a pastor role or whatever, I didn't know. I mean, when I was younger, it was my passion was more missions and going out of the country and getting away from church. Because <laughs> um, so, you went to Russia twice. I went what? to Ukraine, Russia. But still doing ministry. You just didn't want to be on ministry. campus. Yeah, yeah I, I always knew I wanted to do ministry. So I wasn't, it was never something that I was like, I got to build a resume type of thing. I got to build a list of classes and have a degree. I was more... Um, okay, what are my passions and my talents and how can I better those things? Because, I don't know, I'm, I've never been good at math. I can do accounting, but that's not the same as regular math to me. Um, so it, taking a math class wasn't really something I wanted to do. Taking a biology class, didn't really care about it. I wanted things that I knew I had a passion for. Um, I don't know, hanging a degree on a wall was never something I went for. It was more just what I wanted to better at. And did I ever think I'd be doing this job? Not in a million years. This was never on my radar, and it still is kind of funny to me. So, you know, I didn't go to school to be a principal. I, I went, I guess, if anything, to be a pastor, but even that, it was more, I was taking classes on different Bible books and stuff like that. So, God has a way of taking the dumb and confounding the wise. <laughs> <laughs> Like for you, Sharisa, when you hear Kyle talk about, because Kyle can tend to have a little uh, self-esteem issues at times. He probably doesn't want this to get therapeutic by I any know, means. Right? <laughs> but he's really good at what he does. He right. really is. And I'm not just saying that because he's, but me and Bob actually were talking about it yesterday. And it was a good conversation, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did say quite a few bad things, but no, I'm just kidding. But no, it was a good conversation. And we were just saying how both of you are so good about um at your ages at 31 and 30 to be so adept at what you do and kind of calm. Like when you're young as a leader, a lot of times people can be real frenetic. They're kind of all over the place because they're not comfortable in their own skin yet. But for you, when you see Kyle as your husband, who obviously you love and support him, but when he's hard on himself, even as a leader, mm-hmm. how does that affect you? And as a wife, don't say anything incriminating. I know, huh? I didn't <laughs> think about this. Well, yeah, because, I mean, I like how you said, he's hard on himself. And so in one sense, I almost get mad at him. So I'm like, <laughs> don't be mean to my husband. But he's oh, the one good. being mean to my husband. And so, I mean, that part's... That's the approach you take, yeah. It is. She, she's that's not, good. She's not going to coddle me when I'm being down on myself. She'll, uh, she's and told I me feel bad not to act stupid before. She's. <laughs> and how do you receive that? <laughs> I get it. Let's just say this. I have to work on doing his love language because mm. even though I receive well to more of the sternness, he doesn't. He wants to be boosted up. He wants to be He needs the affirmation. Yeah. Mm. And that's okay. And I've I've had to to work on that because I mean the way I grew up, it's very different in comparison to his. And so um like I could say something, uh, what is it called when you're um, a like good constructive criti- yes. criticism? Mm. Okay, constructive criticism. <laughs> I 
like how he fills it in. <laughs> he always works. Um, Coincidentally, I just started a leadership and organization course today. Okay. Really? Oh, good. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> but, like, I could hear constructive cr- criticism, and I'll do well with it. You know, it may be a little hard, but... You can receive I, it. I can receive it. Yeah. And so I also don't take it as, like, a bad thing to give out constructive criticism. I... In my mind, I'm truly thinking, hey, I'm trying to help you type of thing. So for us, I have to sometimes remember, and it, it works its way into ministry. So I feel like <laughs> it's definitely God wanting to help grow me. Like least- here's the difference between me and Sharissa. And I don't know which one of us are right. She, if we're If somebody's painting a wall and they're not doing it right, she'll go up and be like, hey, here's a tip. You could do this. You can, you know, like helping her do it. If I see someone painting a wall and they're not doing it right, I'll wait until they leave and then go back <laughs> and fix it. Like, like you don't care how much of a mess is made. Do you know that you can fix it later? I just don't. I'm very uncomfortable giving criticism. How come? <laughs> and receiving it. I think uh-huh. my birth father was hypercritical of everything. I remember getting yelled at one time when I I shut the uh, I closed the toilet lid too hard, mm. and I was like. I was in the bathroom. You were like over here in the living room. What do you mean? And so because I grew up with I didn't grow up with him a lot, but it was effective when when I was with him. You know, our, I didn't have a lot of like daddy son time. So everything was hypercritical. You know, it was, uh, like if we got an RC car and I put the stickers on a certain way, I was getting yelled at for putting the stickers on wrong. Like, bro, there's stickers. You can take them off and, and put them back on. And so, yeah, that I think that damaged me. I don't know. No, you know, I was thinking when they used to have a Bible Institute here, when I first started coming to church, it was December of 98. They started the Institute, I think, in 99. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know Suzanne and them when I first come here. I'd never heard of the dwelling place, didn't know anything about it. So we go through the first year, and, and I was the valedictorian, by the way. What? Yeah, and I didn't even know how to spell valedictorian, so that was actually kind of funny. It was Obviously based on a, it wasn't based on that. It wasn't. It wasn't based on grades. It was based on votes, and I just got more votes. Oh, you were popular. Yeah, yeah I think I won with eight votes, and someone else had four votes. So it wasn't like I won by a landslide. It's actually based on character, but I mean, oh, it was on dang. votes. But That's you had to vote for somebody that you. Hashtag was. shout out Steve Ryan. Thank you, character. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there we go. How many years ago was that? That was a long Uh-oh. time ago. <laughs> Characters dropped off in the last 24 years. So, But she may remember this. There was a guy named uh, Neville. He was a pastor from Melody. Yeah. Donald wasn't he? But he's originally from South Africa. Mm-hmm. So he oh, was wow. kind of like a guest speaker at the banquet we had. And he come up and he prayed over me. And it made me think about you. And he said to me, he said, God is showing me that you've lived. I was 30 see, at that time, I'd have been 34, 35 years old. And he goes, God has shown me that you've lived with a fear of, of men. Mm. And even though I'd been in leadership and business and stuff, I think I was always concerned about if I spoke up. And it kind of released me. And, you know, I, I don't ever try to be critical. But now if I see something and it's not right, I don't have any problems going, hey, you know, you, you can't do it that way. Not And I don't ever go, because I do it a better way. I just go, you can't do it that way. If you've said you're going to do something, do it. Mm-hmm. And I think, whereas before, I'd have been afraid. I'm like, oh, I can't say, I mean, I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. But really, the people, if I look back in my own life, some of the bosses, I would say, were the biggest jerks, when I, especially when I was in the uh, 
magazine business had the most impact on me mm. in a good way. Cause I'm like, Oh, I, I had to learn from that. You know, I, I was telling, uh, someone yesterday when I first started in the medical, one of the first meetings I had, I had to show a piece of medical equipment. I think I was telling Bob and I didn't know, I just started. I didn't know anything about medical equipment. They just wanted me to go out and cold call. So I go to this physical therapist down in like Newport beach with the medical supplier and I start showing the machine and she goes, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I was like, uh, so the medical supplier, I just met him too. Real nice guy named Brad. And he goes, well, he's still learning. He's just sh showing the machine. And, but he was an expert on it. He knew how to sh work the machine. So then I started like hitting, but I didn't know what the buttons were, you know, I mean, it was like <laughs> muscle stimulation, ultrasound. And then like a few minutes later, she goes, she turned to him and she goes, I don't care. He's stupid. And like this is the first three months I was a medical salesman, but I didn't react to it. I would have quit. Yeah, I would have been gone. I don't know. <laughs> okay, this job ain't for me. Yeah, I didn't react to it because I was like, you know, honestly, I was an idiot. I didn't know anything about it at the <laughs> yeah. time. So, or I should say, like Bob always says, light means knowledge, and um, darkness means ignorance. Mm. It's not that you're stupid; you're just ignorant to something at the time because you're in the dark. Well, I didn't know much about medical. Years later, actually, I had a situation, and this is when we were married. Remember, I went down to Orange County. I had to show equipment to a one of the best orthopedic surgeons in Orange County, a shoulder CPM. It's where you they put it on you after shoulder surgery. This dude slammed me in front of 15, 20 people the entire time I was doing it. If I said black, he said white. It didn't matter what I said, but I immediately felt the Holy Spirit go, whatever he says, just take it. Don't react. Mm. And I didn't. And ironically, he started purchasing that product from the medical supplier I went in with. Mm. But I had it happen several times where someone has spoken down to me, even in ministry. I mean, have you ever had people speak down to you? Yeah. A few times. Yeah. <laughs> now what kind of effect does that have on like i would ask all of you like when someone maybe even that you respect speaks down on you you know i think when i was younger i, I was much i was very very shy and i don't I, I don't know that i see myself as shy like that anymore i'm i'm much more of an introvert than you are <laughs> um but as a when i was younger and a younger christian i would have just taken it and taken it very personal and to heart. I think I've gotten much better at, I hate to say fighting back, but I've gotten much more vocal uh, because I'm more, I think I know more of who I am in Christ. And yeah, I'm not the smartest, not the sharpest, you know, crayon in the box, but I'm still a crayon. <laughs> so, you know, I can still do my part and I don't need to be talked down to. So sometimes I can be a little too jaded and edgy and I have to back off. And I think that's more of my past where things I didn't deal with. I'm like a knee-jerk reaction now. I, I can tend to go overboard when I'm criticized or when I'm talked down to. So I have to find that happy medium. I don't always find it. but Right. I don't know. I mean, how do you take criticism? <clears throat> well, well she mentioned earlier. I think earlier. you have to listen. Yeah. You just have to listen to it and not not – always take it verbatim and not always take it for like face value altogether just because like how we had mentioned before 
sometimes people could just be having a bad day. Mm. And so um, have you had that happen where you probably discerned that someone was having a bad day and you yeah. just happened to be the. Yeah. And yeah. so just and then I think just growing up having situations like that where you were. The the circle on the uh, what is it called? The bullseye. Yeah. Like you mm. were the bullseye. The dart. The, the, the dart <laughs> that just the dart was just going to always hit type of thing. And so just having to to make sure that your mind is guarded altogether mm. and so i mean sometimes i do it with with class and sometimes i'm human so it just depends yeah. <laughs> She's really no, that's good, good at taking criticism or points and okay what is valuable in here and what is just somebody that's attacking me and separating the two and then being able to learn from okay they this was a solid point this was a solid mm. point i can i can get better at these things the other stuff whatever like throw it in the right. trash and doesn't even think about it again and how I about you no, everything's personal. I I, I freak <laughs> out. I freak out anytime I see a, a text message from your wife that starts off with dude. If it starts off with dude, I know what? I did. Dude. And then Kyle's next Wait, sentence is dude, I'm gonna get fired. Dude, your classroom is a mess. Yes, dude, you okay. can't take boxes no, out of my I don't need to look back through my text. Yes, you're anytime correct. it anytime a text starts with I'm dude, I'm like, now. oh no, <laughs> what I do? So do you always putting, like, immediately go to the negative? Like something bad's gonna be said to not you. with not here because you guys have built up a report with me where i'm like oh they don't they don't want to hurt me they they don't want me hmm. to, just want you to clean your classroom yeah they don't want me to not be successful <laughs> they don't want they don't want to get rid of me else at home <laughs> they don't want to get rid of me you know and so when when i when i get correction from you guys it's taken very no they want the best for me and i should but it's from people that haven't built up that trust with me yeah that I have, I struggle with. What was you gonna say? I was gonna say I think it's hard, uh, not hard. It's different now that you know when I was younger, like I said earlier in the podcast, where I was looking at others and going, oh, they're just human. Now I feel like we're in that spot where others don't realize we're just human. Yeah. And a lot of times I have to back off. Like I want to fight back, and then I'm like, okay, they they just don't realize. I can't give them the whole picture. Right. They'll mm. never understand the whole. Pi- I had a. Parent, I had a parent write me this really nasty email a couple weeks ago and said, yeah, I'm going to pull my daughter and you just, you're all about money, which that just makes me laugh every time. But um, her whole thing was when I, when I first enrolled my kid, you said that your point was not to grow the school. It wasn't to bring in money and students. It was to take the students that you have. Well, that doesn't, it's not even a good business model. I would never have said that. I don't know anything about business, but I know you, you got to grow your business. <laughs> but other things that she said I took really personal and then I was like well I get it from her perspective she sees it one way not seeing the whole of the picture of you know it costs money to run an event it costs money to print a flyer it costs money and time to do these different things and she's not understanding that and maybe she never will but I think being on the other side where I'm not looking at somebody I feel like a lot of times we're being looked at and mm-hmm. we're the ones that somebody's not understanding. Okay, we're just human. Mm-hmm. Like, I go home and get mad. I go home and I'm tired. I go home and I don't want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get grumpy. I get mean. I have character flaws. And a lot of times, people don't want to know that. You right. know, however mm. much they say they want to know it, they don't want to know that the pastor or the leader that's leading them has has issues. Moses had issues. I love Moses because he had so many issues. David had so many issues, but God still took him as he was because he knew his heart. 
and I don't think most people in a congregation or looking on from the outside, which I hate to say it like that, but looking from the outside, they don't see it the same way. And I think it it's it takes a good leader, which I think we're all growing in that area. It takes a good leader to be able to sit back and go, okay, I understand why they're saying what they're saying. I understand why they're criticizing because they can't see everything. They're, they're never going to fully understand until they're in that area. They won't get it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that you've <clears throat> taught me, whether you realize you taught me or not, because sometimes I want to respond mm. to like when they ask, like, well, why don't you have this? Why don't we have that? Like not too long ago, we had people asking like, well, why don't you have youth every single Wednesday and <laughs> this every single blah, 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 whatever it was. And I'm like thinking in my mind, I'm like, do you know how many things we're doing, not just for the future, but in that constant state and they don't. And I think something you've taught me is like, you don't have to respond to every single thing, mm. right? Because not everything, like how you had just mentioned before, do they need to know? Do, would they even understand? Right. Type of thing. And so sometimes just addressing just the, the simplistic um, answer is right. better than going too far into details. Like, okay, they don't need to know all that. And I'm a very detailed mm. person and, that's one of my biggest faults because I'm probably too much and not everyone is built like that. Well, and I think every job has, has their thing with that. Like if I go to Walmart and I complain about, I don't know, why is this end cap here in the middle of an aisle? Well, there's reasons they do what they do. So, you know, I can complain to somebody. I'm never fully going to understand because I don't know what they've been told. I don't know what their requirements are. So I think every job, no matter where you work, has that side where the customer's never going to fully understand, no matter how much you try to explain. You just don't get it. And it's not because you're stupid or you're ignorant or anything else. It's just that's not your area. Mm-hmm. You have to, and, you know, it's hard to say even to parents, and I know we've said it to people in the congregation, either you trust us or you don't. Mm-hmm. If you don't trust us, this is not the place for you. Go find somebody that you trust, and that's okay. And I do that with school, too. Listen, if if you don't trust that your kid's getting what they need, let me help you find another school. We may just not be that flavor for you. That may not be where you belong. And that's okay because everybody has a different style. So let me help you find somewhere else. And I think a lot of churches have a hard time um, being okay with helping people exit. Mm. You know, I have to be okay with, you know, if you're not happy, let me help you find another church. There's so many other churches in town. Mm The more churches, the better. The more schools, the better. Let me help you find somewhere else. But I think a lot of times with schools or with churches, you know, we try to hold so tight to it. People end up leaving an offense. Yeah, Yeah, and we're offended when they leave, and we shouldn't be. Well, and I think it starts because they're taking it personal, almost as if it's happening directly to them for some reason. And it's Mm. like, no, there's actually a bigger... Right, but a lot of times reasoning to do something is right. big picture, you know, right. mm-hmm. like you can't always just cater to one singular person or right. individual, you know, you, you want to think about everyone. And church is harder. I mean, every part of you is involved in church. You know, if I want to choose to shop at Vons and not Staters, well, that's okay. They just have different products or whatever it is. But when you're at a church, you're dealing with family, you're dealing with emotions, you're mm-hmm. dealing with mm. their spiritual wholeness. I mean, everything you know, you're asking people to be upfront and honest and bear 
every part of themselves and you to them in the sense of emotions and character and everything. So when there is a party, and I think that's why it's so much harder, is, gosh, I've laid everything out on the table for everybody to see. You know you know how I feel in an altar call. You know how I feel during this sermon or this song. I've given my emotions, and that separation is really difficult. You know, it's not like a regular job or a business. Well, the one thing that you said that I think is super valuable is like there's reason there's methods to madness. Like there's reasons why end caps are certain places. Mm. How many of us have have either a snuck or b got offended that we couldn't bring our own treats to a movie theater or <laughs> snuck in our own <laughs> treats? Right, everybody. I don't know that I want to admit to that. Almost yeah. everybody has either brought in their own candy <laughs> or gotten mad. Still do it, <laughs> but. What people don't realize is that movie theaters don't make money on their ticket sales. Right. They make money on their concessions. And so you get mad because you can't bring in your your pack of Reese's and they want you to buy it from them. But that's how their business sustains. The right. ticket sales go to the producer of the company, right. of the movie. Those go direct those funnel directly to them. And then the, they get dispersed to actors and different things. A movie theater runs on concessions and concessions alone. Mm-hmm. You know? So, of course, they don't want you bringing in what you just bought at Father, Rite Aid. Father, forgive me yeah. for I have said mm-hmm. You know? Because <laughs> that's lost sales for them. Yeah. yeah. So bring back Coke, Regals. <laughs> I know. I'm Gosh. not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of glad that they don't do that full pat down that they used to do. Like yeah. checking. They don't really care anything. anymore. But, like, the <laughs> workers there don't care anymore. But it's sad because that's what sustains the company mm. is, is concession sales. So I'm going to hear your voice in the back of my head when I take my daughters to the dollar store <laughs> right before a movie. <laughs> right before a movie. I don't know. Kyle would, would be so upset with me. The, drive-in <laughs> le- the drive-in in Riverside lets you bring whatever. I, we've, we've seen people out there with uh, full-on, like, uh, barbecues. Really? And selling, oh, well, They yeah. get in trouble for that part. Can you yeah. still hide in the trunk of a car and... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's I don't cool. know if... I don't... You can. <laughs> you can. <Pastors. laughs> we, did, we we were guilty of that one time. My my sister-in-law, Kimmy, she had a Ford Explorer and took like 15 of us. One mm. time? Bro. <laughs> to to the movie theater. And we were all sitting in the in the back of it covered with a blanket. <laughs> she only paid for herself. Oh, dang. I don't remember what Such we watched. Such a lonely evening at the drive-in. <laughs> Um, so thank you guys for joining today. Obviously, we covered a lot about leadership and organization. As always, you can reach out to us at dpcitypod.com. You can always call the church office. If you're looking for a good school to put your kids, visit us at www.dpcskids.com. Any farewells and goodbyes? So long. So long. Steve yeah. is just human. Please remember that. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I would like to say one more thing. We were talking about people when they volunteer, when people volunteer for you, even your most dedicated volunteers spend 90% of their time away from this property. I think in leadership, you got to be real sensitive to that because if you can't minister to where they're at 90% of their life or most of them 95% of their life, you're not an effective leader then. Mm. Because I've seen too many leadership or too many leaders in church or pastors that think this is all that matters. But I guarantee you, if we went to Walmart or the pharmacy used to work for a construction site, that's what matters to them. And if you make that important, people will do anything on the property for you because they know that you value them. Mm. So that's, that's good. good.
Crystal Jinx. Jinx, you owe me a cherry coke. <laughs> wow, oh. so good. <laughs> so good. Wow. Awaken so good. Wow. <laughs> wow, Pastor. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. Looking forward to uh getting in the studio with you guys again soon. And as always, it was a very good conversation. Bye. <laughs>